Greetings, Lucasarians. Oh, it's been a minute, but you know, like after December 3rd every year, we normally stop, refresh, and bring it back. Um, you know, so I'm back with you. I'm going to do a little something like kind of different this season. I've been getting like, you know, a little bit of mixed messages, people saying that I'm kind of political leaning or like conspiracy or race baiting, but you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. So I kind of wanted to do this season a little bit differently. You know, I, I, I take ear to people and like, I'm very in depth and um, in touch with a bunch of different uh, issues. So I want to talk about music and in particularly, I want to talk about hip hop music. Listen, I don't care if you listen to nothing but nonstop Taylor Swift or Bluegrass all day or just listening to Bach or, you know, you know, you know, somebody just a classical artist, Mozart, you know, you know, Chopin, whatever you listen to. I don't care if you're just listening to straight binaural tones and stuff, you know, your life or somebody's life around you has been influenced by hip hop so much so that they have this thing called hip hop culture. And, you know, it's infused in everything. Cause if you even look at shows or you have characters that's not even from a hip hop background or cultural background using street slang, using lingo and like jokes and punchlines that have, you know, ties to hip hop culture. It's, it's within everything. And, you know, like if you travel the world and like hit up Brazil or somewhere like Cartagena or a nice party city, you're going to hear like hip hop and you're going to see it experienced a whole nother light. You know, I've even seen like in the Caribbean where they, you know, do the, you know, rhythms where it's like they take the beat and everybody just rides on this beat, but this beat is predominantly something that was borrowed from the hip hop culture in the U.S. and stuff like that. And like take it to Africa where they're like experimenting with hip hop and even gangster rap and like gang mentality rap and just tribalism. And it's like, you know, like I know you can hear kind of the excitement of my voice, but it is beautiful because we have taken something that was born of the streets, born of a culture of, you know, impoverished, you know, um, economically and economically trapped, um, you know, trapped people, oppressed, you know, redlining, all this stuff, gentrification, all this stuff that you dealt with, you know, just materialized into this like release type art or art form. And like most people don't even understand that rap stands for rhythm and pose, you know, rhythm and pose is just like, you know, if you ever went to a spoken word place and heard spoken word, then you've heard pose, you heard people doing it, but rap is when you're doing it to a cadence, to a bop, bop, to that beat, you know, just like the first thing that you ever heard in hip hop mainstream on TV and stuff was, you know, the hip hop, the hippie, the hop, the hip hip hop, and you don't stop the rocking to the bang bang boogie, say up jump the boogie, to the rhythm and the boog in the beat.
you know, they were talking about, you know, hip hop just, just riding on a beat, you know, where you're just like hearing the, 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 the rhythm and the rhythm's making you move, but then you're hearing the pose and it's like catching your brain. So it's like a dance of body, mind, and spirit, you know, and it's symbolic to like, um, taking it back even further, if you want to dive deeper, African cultures where you're hearing the, you know, the drums beating, you hear the drums beating and you hear, you know, the chants in the background, the, you know, the warriors are making the, like the, the noises, the Zulu type noises, the like chants and stuff. And then the medicine man comes out and just starts making this like song or chant or stuff like that. And then everybody just starts vibing and dancing and just moving around to it. That's hip hop. Uh, so like you can't really take hip hop away from the African culture, but it's ingrained in the very spirit, just like rhythm and blues, you know, you know, just like, you know, rock and roll, you know, just like, you know, old, I'm talking like Bertha B blues, you know, where you're just, just hearing some like muddy waters, you know, like, or you don't even like have to have words. Sometimes you can just feel it. Like if you listen to uh, little Walter playing the harmonica and like, or even Stevie wonder, you know, Sometimes that that vibe and that feeling just resonates. So I want to talk about today, like, you know, like how I'm seeing that hip hop has just immersed so much in the culture. It's like the takeaway from it is like it's been getting gentrification in it, not like saying that other cultures are trying to come in and take from it. You can't take from art. You can only contribute. But um, when I say gentrification and hip hop it's that corporate interests businesses movie studios shoe companies phone brands sports entertainment execs not talking about the athletes because you know these execs try to tune into that too to try to get you know you to come to game so they try to like call their merchandise swag are called, you know, like change, inspire, like the, the Jersey train to have the, the rhythm and the energy of the streets, you know? And like at the end of the day, when I think all this money is getting paid out, you know, a lot of times artists ain't getting it. It's going to the labels and, you know, a lot of times, you know, the culture isn't getting it because peep this, you know, I was, um, vocal recently and I got called out about it but you know like I have my own little Twitter thing where I do it aside from this and I keep it aside from this so I can kind of remain subjective and impartial while I'm doing this but I I stated that um in hip-hop music uh, we have you know the power so much where we have ingrained and cultured and like it was around Martin Luther King Day that I said this. I was like, if Martin Luther King was alive today, he would tell us we're stupid. He would blame us kind of, you know, for deaths like Floyd, 
or Abrams and stuff like that are like being subjected to police treatment because we have so many nonviolent platforms that we could use, but we have to use it in solidarity. Like imagine if all the NBA and NFL players just sat out, you're like, okay, they killed a guy in the street. We ain't playing. Bump the Super Bowl. We're not going to play. You know? And, like, even with the taking knees thing, it, it, it could have been like, hey, you know, you're going to call us out and call us SOBs. Guess what? You know, you could get all these other people play. We ain't playing. We're going to go home and sit home until the commander-in-chief yanks himself out of our job. Because that was the only place ever where the president of the United States stepped in and affected people's job in their daily performance. And nobody ever said a word about it. Now, if the president would have stepped in and did that to a golf, oh, no, sir, he's not going to do that. They're going to be upset. They're going to like pull, you know, the, the big rich people that like playing golf and disagree with it are going to pull like funding and, you know, Paying off political pack pack committees and influencing lobbyists, they're not gonna they're not gonna do that. They're gonna be like, no, you you do what we say, or we don't give you money. That is the power that hip hop can have too. Think of it like this: if we just all stop buying Nike until Nike build a housing complex in the inner city ghetto where most of their shoe sales are coming from when that Jordan comes out. Or if you got, you know, Nike or, you know, the popular clothing brand to sponsor and back a bill for policing reforms, you could topple the government so easy. Man, I kind of want to see in when all the receipts and stuff gets divvied out by hip hop and hip hop culture, I kind of want them to say like, okay, run the bag, run the bag, yo. You know, I, I, I'm kind of wanting them to see that, like, you know, to, to be, to be frank, it's been being exploited for so long that I'm surprised somebody hasn't like, you haven't had an artist like Tupac, who would be flamboyant enough to, you know, stand in front of a courtroom and just say how the in like how government and politics are trying to influence music like he did back in the day. Uh, most people don't know it even they was like steamrolling and, you know, destroying his records outside of record stores. He, he went off and said something that still resonates for today when it's in terms to like the government interjecting into certain things in genres of sports, music, and entertainment that only seems that are doing it because it's strong, you know, bully, bully, bully pulpit, uh, base, and, you know, it's, it's strong in the fact that it can be a king builder if used properly. And, you don't think music can be a king builder if music if used properly. James Brown stopped a riot with music. Bob Marley did amazing things that they never gave him credit for, or roses for, 
with music and he said he was going to do these things and he delivered you know the Beatles even did things with music but like the Beatles music derived from you know people like Morty Waters Rolling Stones was basically almost a Muddy Waters cover van and like the way and style of music they have you have people like Bono and Eric Clapton who owe their style and life to black musicians. Uh, this was spoken by, uh, it's funny, it was spoken by them shortly before their death. It was spoken by Michael Jackson. I remember they had a press conference where he spoke out on all of this stuff. Not only Michael Jackson, but Prince as well. You know, but these aspects and these these things in music are like put off, you know, they put it off on the individual so it doesn't become a movement. It's easy to put like the the rantings of a Kanye away to a Kanye if those rantings could build a movement. You know, it's easy to do that. It's dismissive and it's like that's kind of how you want to stop like an army from building. If you go to if you can find something to make them lose faith in a leader, then you ain't got to worry about the army. The armies, then whoever can give that influence. And most of the times, people do it by infiltrating the influence with money, goods, services. So now you get where I'm saying what, what hip hop has to take back. You know, the culture has grown so much so that it's its own organism in every waking thing that you could think of in business. Shoot, have you watched a Sprite commercial lately? You know, you remember when Mountain Dew commercials was just, you know, Mountain Dew or Sprite commercials like somebody riding on a mountain bike. And now it's like a full on rap video. You know. You know, McDonald's was have you had your break today? And now it's ba da ba 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 you know, it's 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 crazy when you think of how much hip hop culture has influenced business culture and everything when you look at it as a whole and it gets overlooked. Um, and when I say the receipts are due, it's due because somebody polarizing enough will come about and try to use this influence for a political aspect. I know Kanye like, showed that like the brazenness, like, oh, I'm gonna run for president. But what happens when somebody does that you can't dismiss as eccentric or crazy or something like that? And they use that cadence, that style of talking and speeches and debates and stuff. And it it's polarizing because it's ingrained in American culture as much as Chinese food. Check this out. Chinese food is so ingrained in the American culture that you ain't got to see a Chinese food commercial to go buy it. Chinese food is so ingrained in American culture that you don't have to get a coupon for a Chinese food in your Sunday mailer. You just go buy it. And it's the number one selling ethnic on clay food in America. Bar none. It's like if you boil down the numbers, that local Chinese food store, you know, is making so much revenue that he he's straight. 
he gonna make revenue even if they put a McDonald's and a Starbucks on the other side of him. It's just so ingrained in American culture now, Chinese food, that he gonna make they kind of money and ain't even gonna have to do they kind of advertising and stuff like that. So that's how much ingrained hip hop culture is within, you know, within society. So what happens when somebody just gets the rational ideals? Like, let me try to like incorporate this into movements. You know, let's let's incorporate this like song to promote the boycott that we finna drop next week. Oh, it's the number one song in the country. Everybody's singing the hook. And the hook is about the boycott that we about to drop. That would be scary to a business when they can, they could be like, oh, bump Macy's, bump Macy's and have that become a catchy lyric that everybody in the United States is selling, saying what you think is going to happen to Macy's sales after a while, you know, the, you know, somebody's going to be like, yeah, bump Macy's. I'm not going to Macy's. Let's go to the other store. You know, so when those brands do do something like like make a racist ad or, you know, do something that's against the, you know, mainstream, you know, minorities that's a part of the hip hop culture, they get held to the fire. That is the evolution of what hip hop culture could be. And that's kind of what I want to see. You know, you have the thing now that's getting popular with verses and stuff like that. And I love it because it's bringing out not only the uh, the battle phase of the cypher that was the beginning of hip hop, that you had the cyphers in the park. It's bringing out the fact that hip hop is artistry. Uh, it takes intelligence to rap like Lil Wayne. You can't be a dummy and not have read a book and rap like Nas. You can't have that kind of IQ or wordplay or vocabulary to be a Buster Rhymes, an Eminem, without like a strong base, knowing that like I can sit here without a doubt and tell you that all of those guys probably have high school diplomas when a lot of people that listen to them and ascribe to the culture might not have a high school diploma. Like they at least got a high school diploma or a GED. And I guarantee you for pleasure, at least once in a month, they read a book and a lot of people that's core soul like fans of them never divulge or dive into a book for pleasure. And you got them probably reading like behold the pale horse or, you know, reconstructing dreamland or like deep books like that. So my thing is that I need, I need some receipts to get pulled and that element to be celebrated as much as the artists, as much as the group, as much as the catchy lines and the beefs, you know, like I admire versus because versus makes you see like the back and forth artistry of it 
when somebody's got to take a song that was made several years ago and pair it against somebody who made a song about something completely different on a completely different topic where you have to have the arts clash and you see there is a, an artistry where you can compare Picasso to a Salvador Dali or, you know, a Leonardo da Vinci to a Rembrandt. That is the artistry that a versus brings about. You can't sit two paintings together in a museum. Well, you do. Actually, you sit two paintings in a museum and then the person has to mentally sit there and like look at both and be like, who's the better artist? He who does not make art can't say you can't look at a Rembrandt and be like, oh, he's a trash artist when your best brushstroke is a stick man. So it's artistry for artists. But they're making you consume it artistry for artists. And it's like the world is culturally shifting to the point where the average American can consume and understand art for an artist. So that's the, the beauty of it. And that's what the receipts, I mean, need to be due and stuff like that. So when you get those receipts, you know, you could do anything with them. You know, you could take that money back and invest it into, you know, you know, the community invested into the things of the culture where we're like spenders and consumers into like, we, we, we send out our money. It comes back. It circulates. And then we send it back out again. You know, we can, we can be that culture that, that gets the bag Let's the bag run all around the neighborhood and everybody gets a taste. Then we send it out our community and we collect as a collection plate. We get it back. We take what we need out of it and we send it back again. That's what hip hop culture needs to do to black culture, to minority culture in general, so that we can get equity and equality. Um, one of the things that you you've heard on my podcast that I, I talk about a lot, equity over um, equality, because you could have equality at a business, but not get equity in your paycheck. And at the end of the day, that equity is what's going to feed your kids. That equality is what they're going to have to live through. You know, and it's going to change and shift with every you know, norm or moral that is made, you know, it's slavery be hard to find in America now in the old sense, because we would all consider that immoral, but yet it does still happen in the immoral mm -hmm. sense of immoral actions, sexual deviant acts, uh, and stuff like that. Slavery still happens because we haven't yet tackled the, the world's oldest profession as being immoral because men, men and women both are saying that they have needs. Thus the fact that we have more women with only fans in a feminist way of taking back that equity in their own bodies 
instead of having a pimp control it in prostitution and sex working. So, you know, hip hop needs to, you know, cut away the pimps too. You know, and I believe that uh, hip hop will do this. I would love to see like the visual, like the versus thing just be, you know, like something that you see on TV, like a TV show, like, you know, in the right way, it could be like almost like a Super Bowl, almost like a, you know, like a, uh, NCAA, you know, bracket match, you know, tournament of champions, you know, or you, you, you could even make people do it where you got to do it without using cuss words and damn near make it a collegiate sport. Um, but it's just, it's crazy that the artistry is only used in just one little tiny little tiny pipeline when it could easily burst that pipeline and feed every inlet and spring, you know, but, uh, we don't allow it to do so. And, um, artists don't stand up for it to do so record labels damn sure won't because they make their money by funneling it by having control over who gets signed and who gets not because there's artists that are amazing that you haven't even heard their album yet. Jay Electronica. If you like Jay-Z, you'll like Jay Electronica. You know, there was an artist in Atlanta called T-Rock. And T-Rock, I don't think has ever made it mainstream, but his music was just as good as some of the artists that he came out along with. Um, it's it's crazy. Um, you'll... It's just now, so it's like uh, it's like the you know crabs in the barrel thing, but there's somebody at the top of the barrel with a bat ready to like okay, that crab don't belong, that crab, and they can pick and choose and and seat things how they want it, and that's the unfair part because in artistry there's no one that can tell an artist that their brush strokes doesn't make a good painting because. An artist is an artist and a consumer of art isn't always an artist. So like, how can you stand back and like, you know, whisper in Picasso ears, this shit sucks. And, you know, yes, it's going to affect him. He's a human being. He has emotions and feelings. But at the same time, if you went home and got that canvas, could you paint anything to an inch? of his ability. So like, that's why I don't really wholeheartedly endorse the award shows and stuff like that, because they're all artists and they're saying it's chosen by the fans as a scapegoat because really and truly the fans don't always choose it. You know, the person with the number one selling record doesn't always win it, you know? So, there is the little thing where artistry still is tampered and still is, you know, puppeteered. So, you know, that's just my piece on that and hip hop culture. As I'm trying to say, I'm trying to shift things up a little different with the podcast a little bit. I'm going to go on like little, you know, kind of try to get back to the sunlight. I know we got kind of dark there last season, but this season we'll try to get better. And, um, I appreciate all my listeners. I, uh, 
I'm going to try to make time to get more of these in. I know like it seems we get to December 3rd and the new season pretty fast, but, uh, you know, we'll get there and we'll, we'll manage it all out again. You know where to hit my, um, my, um, Instagram and, uh, my, you know, my Gmail, um, Legion Lucas at gmail.com and also on Twitter. Um, so, you know, just keep on listening and, um, you know, hit me up with more emails. Let me know what you think about this. If you like seeing, hearing stuff like this, we'll kind of move forward a little bit more like this. But, um, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit more lighter, a little bit more positive on like these takes and stuff and, um, a little bit more influential. So, um, as always, love, peace, and happiness, and I'll catch y'all on the next spin. One.